0: Welcome to the She's Marked Podcast. I'm Hannah, a singer, writer, speaker, podcaster, and certified biblical counselor. I'm honored to be your host along this journey to stronger faith, holiness, emotional restoration and healing, and deliverance for the millennial woman. Join me as we press toward unpacking the heavy luggage of our hearts in pursuit of a life that is distinct, set apart and built on the practical foundation of God's truth. She is walking in power. She's walking in freedom. Without a doubt, all will know that she's marked. Dear listeners, glad to have you here with me today. We have come to the last of three special guest interviews for the month of May. Joining me today is Jesse DeVola. Before we get into the interview that I had with Jesse, I just want to thank you all so much for tuning in to the For The Moms annual blog series. If this is your first time listening to the She's Mark podcast and you have no clue what I'm talking about right now. For the Moms is an annual blog series that seeks to elevate the name of Christ and conceptualize godly character in motherhood. It is all about encouraging and equipping and bringing together what I love to call gatekeepers of the home. Mothers that is truly what we are. We are the gatekeepers of the home and in shaping the hearts of the next generation There is someone that we are becoming in this process of pruning. So if you have not tuned in to the annual blog series at all this month, it is permanently on the Mark Life blog. So you can head right on over to www.markedlifeblog.com and check it out. I also encourage you to get on my email list where I send out updates for new podcast episodes, new blog releases, and other encouragement and happenings in my world and with this marked brand ministry. So today I have Jessie DeVola joining me. Jessie DeVola is a wife and mom of four. In 2021, after working as a correctional officer for nearly nine years, she left her career in corrections to become a stay-at-home mom. She spends her days as a homemaker and taking care of her children. She enjoys encouraging other women to draw closer to Christ by leading Bible study groups and organizing play dates with other moms. To get a glimpse of what motherhood looks like for Jessie and to find a study on marriage lessons from Ephesians, you can follow her on Instagram, lionesslove15, and I'll be including her handle in the show notes. So without any further ado, we are going to get into this wonderful interview that I had with Jesse Devola. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Jesse. While this month has had such a solid focus on motherhood, motherhood impacts so many different parts of our lives. It impacts all of our lives, really. It it shapes and changes who we are. It it shapes and impacts our trajectory and one of the most critical and vital relationships that does in some way become impacted or influenced or or affected even by our motherhood is our covenant relationships in marriage. I'm so grateful for Jesse's vulnerability and the the really, really vital, lessons that Jesse has been learning in this pruning process of marriage. We are going there today. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about wives in relation to our husbands. We're talking about submission. We're talking about lots of things. So take your time, brace yourself, and really get into this episode. Digest it. Replay it if you need to and stew deeply on what the Holy Spirit might be speaking to you about as you listen. Jessie demonstrates and reflects patient prayer, persistent prayer, and truly the unconditional love of Christ as she navigated some very deep waters with her husband. And her testimony also reminds us that God is faithful. He may be slow, but he is sure. And they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesse, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Hannah? I'm doing so very good, and it's such a blessing to have you on here today. So I've already introduced you to our listeners, and we are going to go ahead and get into this very much-needed topic today. Um, tell, us, tell us about yourself, Jesse. Tell us a little bit about your story.
1: So I am a mom of four. I am married. I've been with my husband for it'll be ten years next week, actually, and we'll have been married um, eight years in August. Okay, so wait, when is your anniversary? What is the actual date? So the wedding anniversary is August first, okay. but we started dating in May two years prior to that of okay. 2013. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, happy early anniversary.
1: Thank you. <laughs> So I'm a stay-at-home mom to my kids. They're all under the... I have four under the age of seven. And prior to to being home with them, I worked for the Department of Corrections uh, for eight years. And it was when I resigned from my job that I came into a relationship um, with the Lord. I feel like He pulled me from From my job uh, to be home with with my children and take care of them,
0: how has that experience been for you being home and kind of that change of pace?
1: It's been an adjustment it's definitely I've slowed down. I had to uh, slow down and and really just trust the Lord that I made the right decision because there are days when I just question, like, should I be at work? Should I be doing more? But he reminds me that that no, like the most important job that you have is being a mother. And I think it's just you know you get stir crazy doing the same thing day in and day out, and so you know sometimes you just want to change. And it's harder, I think, in the winter months because you know, you can't get out as much. Yeah, um, it can be Monday. Yes. But I'm just grateful to have this, this opportunity to, to be home like with them. Cause I know that, you know,
0: once they grow up, like I'm not going to have this again. Yeah. It's so amazing. I always hear from moms, Um, of older children, they always say, these are the best years of your life. Like the, the messy house, the constant going, the, the caring for your children. They say they grow up so fast, uh, and these are truly the best years with them. So enjoy it because while it seems like it's going by slow, in hindsight, it's speeding by. It is. And so I know when you're in the thick of that, it's really hard to see it that way. Like, um, I I officially stopped working corporate in 2017. At that time, I opened up my own nursery school and preschool. So I've technically been... Uh, home if you will for five or six years but then once the pandemic hit i started the whole homeschooling thing and i totally relate to what you're saying where you know some days it's like okay i'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over but i've noticed in addition to me serving my family serving my children there's such a work that the lord is doing in me even in terms of identity so prior to this whole thing i was in the corporate field and i got a lot of my identity through what i was doing my work my career yes. you know success if yep. you will quote unquote success um but the Lord having stripped that away from me in a sense he's showing me my identity through a completely new lens and it has nothing to do with the externals it has nothing to do with my achievements um he's he's showing me my identity within my heart that heart to serve that gentleness the fruit of the spirit those types of things so I can certainly understand what you were saying about it seeming like mundane some days. It's like, Lord, what is this, you know?
1: Well, like, yeah, I tell my husband, even just like I miss, there's days where I miss adult conversations because he's at work and I'm home with them. And just to be able to just speak to another, you know, adult. But in a way, I just feel like this is also such um, a blessing and an opportunity that the Lord has given me, in the fact that I'm able to, in this maybe like quiet and the solitude, you know, because I find yeah. myself alone with the kids, I'm able to really just focus on God too and, and just spend more time in prayer. Yes. Spend time in the word. Um, and I mean, I think that if I was working full time, I would make excuses as to why. I wouldn't, you know, give him as much time.
0: I agree with you. I was I was just telling my mom that yesterday uh, we were at an event, um, an event for my oldest daughter. And so my mom and I were chatting and I said, you know, Ma, in this season, I've had a lot more time to be able to look at myself, look at my heart, spend time with God and cry out to him, just even an in intercession. And I believe that he's having me in this season of stillness, almost a season of nothingness, if you will. And it's yeah. really not nothing. My my plate is so full with the mommy things that I have to do. Yes, But this change of pace is really driving me into a different Depth of intimacy with the Lord. And uh, it's something that I couldn't have had if I was working full time. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's a season for everything. Yes. Um, so this is definitely a season, a season for molding yes. for me at least, I believe. So so true. Now tell me, um, what are some of the things that you're passionate about?
1: Well, I know this might sound a little cliche with this being a Christian based podcast, but honestly, Jesus, Jesus and uh, my family. Mm. Like I just mentioned being able in the season that I am right now, being able to just spend so much time with him. I feel like I'm a student. I look forward to waking up early before the kids are up and just spending time in prayer, spending time in the Bible. And I, I'm excited to to learn like what, what He has to say, what His commands are, what His standards are for us as His holy people are so that I can continue that process, the sanctification process. And I just wanted to continue to be filled yes. like, with Him um and my family of course my kids before i had my oldest i had two miscarriages and so i took that really really hard i like fell into a depression i was actually really upset with god at the time when people would say, well, you know, it's God allowed this to happen for a reason. I like, I was like, don't even mention his name. Like, well, you know, it's not fair. And so now that he has blessed me with four after, you know, I suffered those, went through those miscarriages, I just treasure them like so much. And for the first five years of of being a mother, I feel like I wasn't doing a good job because I wasn't walking with the Lord. So I wasn't taking that responsibility seriously of stewarding my children well. And now that I I do have a relationship with him, I I just, I take that seriously.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, with with stewarding your children well, I, I think of a couple of things that you said with stewarding your children well, with the change of pace from the workforce to being a stay at home mom, and even how that happened. There's obviously what I believe is a lot of surrender yes. that has to take place. There has to be a surrendering in our mind, a surrendering in our heart, a surrendering in our will. Um, talk to me about that journey. How in your journey have you come to the point? of surrender? Well,
1: I feel like I'm constantly surrendering and resurrendering again, because I think sometimes we will pray. We will give God all of our worries, all of our anxieties. We'll place it on his lap. We're done praying. And then an hour later, you're worrying again again. and and thinking about (laughs) that thing that you just handed over to him. So when you start worrying again, you take it, you're taking it back from him. Mm. Um, so in different areas of my life, I've had to, to learn to just, just let it go. When I, when I pray and I give it to him, I just have to let it go. And I feel like it started with, My finances. It was like the first, the first thing I had to learn to to let God control that because when I left my job, now it was just one income, not two. So I was constantly worried, like, are we going to make, you know, are we going to make the mortgage? Are we going to be able to have enough, you know, for our groceries, different things? But he, He always, you know, He always provides. You just have to trust, trust Him. Um, and I think recently it's been with my relationship with my husband is where I've been learning to, or I've learned it it, it took a while. It was a process to let go. So my husband, he's, um, he's a believer, Mm -hmm. but he is not where, I'd like him to be, you know, our, our walks with Jesus are, are very different. As I continued to seek the Lord and go after his heart, I started to be convicted of, of, of different things. And my husband wasn't convicted of the same things. Um, I was, you know, because I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do was open up my Bible and he's not interested in reading the Bible or anything at all. He's just not a reader. So I found myself becoming uh, frustrated with my husband. And then, so right around the same time, I participated in a 30-day prayer challenge with some of the women from my church. And we were to journal our prayers for our marriage and our husband for 30 days. So at the start of it, of course, I was praying that I wanted the Lord to change all these things about my yeah. husband. Isn't
0: that what we always do? <laughs> always. I mean, that's like human nature. Okay, Lord, <laughs> this is the issues. Here it is right here.
1: Yeah. And so through through that, uh, he just revealed so so much to me. I actually read uh, in Psalms 106 is where it. I like realized all of this. It says, um, "When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. Yet He saved them for His name's sake to make His mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea, and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert." He saved them from the hand of the foe. From the hand of the enemy, he redeemed them. The waters waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. Then they believed his promises and sang his promises and sang his praise. But soon they forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. So that really, oh, that just like, I felt like cut me so deep because I in that moment I realized the miracle. God already did a miracle in our life when my husband struggled with a drug addiction for over a decade. Uh he went to rehab two times. Uh it was it was in the second time that he found the Lord and it's been a year and a half that he's been in recovery. Amen. So that's that's the that was the miracle. The fact that um he pulled my husband out of that pit of destruction. That he saved you know, our marriage was saved because yeah. I was ready to divorce my husband. So I just had to be thankful for what what he had already done. Yeah. So when When I came to that realization, it was almost as if like a veil was lifted from my eyes, yeah. and I just started to see my husband in a new light, and I was able to just be thankful for the little things instead of focusing on the negative or what he hasn't done. And I also started to have to take accountability for myself and realize that. I'm not perfect. You know, I've always been so quick to just point the finger at my husband, Um, but I've also have fallen short and I failed him um, as as a wife in different areas. And so at the end of these 30 days, um, that's when I I was just like, okay, God, like, I'm just going to give him to you. And because I need to continue working on myself. I know you're doing a work in me. And so I'm going to trust that you're going to do a work in him too.
0: That's so true. I want to ask you, and I I, I know, um, actually, I, I want to ask you this. You said giving your husband to the Lord. As I, again, think about this topic of surrender. What does that look like for the wives that are listening? Um, Specifically speaking to wives now, how do you give? your husband to the Lord? For the wives who are, you know, kind of in the valley right now, they're going through very rough terrain. What does that look like practically? It's How do you give your husband or your issues or your problems, your pains? How do you give that to the Lord? So
1: I think you have to keep God first, Mm -hmm. you know, just keep your eyes on the Lord because, it can be just so frustrating or so it can be painful. It could be, you know, heartbreaking. Um, But the last thing that you want to do, I think is, or the worst thing you could do is preach Bible verses at your husband. Just stay focused on God. Continue to pray for him. Continue to pray for your marriage. Don't fuss at your, at your husband and just with your spirit, let Jesus be seen you know allow I think that if we are just able to to love our husbands right where they are they'll see they'll see God you know because if you can love them you you show them grace and I mean it's it's hard and it's not easy but just stay focused on God and and he'll do the work
0: that makes me think of the topic of fear and that's actually the next thing I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask what do we fear the most about surrendering to God? Like I I think of um I think of, you know, what you just shared and it, it's so spot on, but I can just hear some wife saying, "Well, if I if I, you know, if I don't nag, if I don't complain, if I don't gripe, if I, you know, handle this with grace and gentleness, yes. you know, my husband's just going to he's just going to continue the way he is like there's this fear that what what i think brings to f- causes fear um is that you feel that by you surrendering to god yeah your nothing's going to change you know the situation's going to stay the same or your husband's going to continue the way that he is and it's just it's just going to be you here you know being so gentle and godly yes. and it it can seem like you're going to lose you know you're going to lose what do you think we fear the most about surrendering to God in terms of our marriage and and in general what do you think we fear the most in surrender
1: I think it's not having control yeah because i like you just said if if we're not on top of them yeah you know as telling them what to do or pointing out what they're doing wrong then you think that you know you just, you don't have control. You don't have the power anymore. And that feels scary. It is. That feels scary. It is. Um, but I think that once you come to that place where you just can trust the Lord, he's, he'll take those fears away from you. You know, when you can feel God's peace over you, then, you know, there's nothing to fear.
0: Yeah. And I, I I think back to the beginning of the conversation as we were talking about how we're noticing our relationship with the Lord changing now that we're stay at home moms and we're spending a lot more time in that secret place. I think I think and what I've seen in my own life is that the more I get to know the Lord, the more I cultivate that intimacy between the Lord and I, the more I'm able to trust him. the more I'm able to see him for who he is. And so that kind of loosens the grip uh, that I feel... I need to have over situations. So naturally and in my own strength, outside of a, a relationship with the Lord, like you mentioned, I want the control in any situation, not just marriage, but as a human being, I want to be able to feel like I'm in control of my world. Yes. I think that's very human-like of us um, because you want that security, you want that assuredness. But as I cultivate this relationship with the Lord, one, I realize that there's not much that I'm really in control of. God is really the one in control of everything. But then I get to know his goodness, his faithfulness. I'm able to trust him, not just for good things, but even in the rough times. And as a result, I loosen the grip. I'm able to let go just a little bit more because I know that one, God loves me. I know his heart for me. And the fear, the fear begins to melt away. Yes. It's not that it totally dissipates. There are still things that cause you to feel fearful, and I, I think that's a good thing because it it makes you continuously call out to the Lord yes. and cry out to Him. You know, but you realize with with our uncertainty comes His certainty and His assuredness, if you will. Um, but I totally agree with you um, in terms of what we fear the most about surrendering is that we'll somehow lose control. I think we have these narratives and ideas and desires on how we want things to play out, the the type of marriage we want, the type of children we want, the type of woman we want to show up in the world as, and we can become so married if you will to those ideas. We can become so married to those dreams and those desires and aspirations that when we think of oh my goodness, you know, me somehow not having it the way that I've always envisioned, we feel threatened and really shaken by that. Mm. So that's good. What happens when we surrender to God? When we get to that place where um, we recognize that he is good and that our lives are not our own, and we, we get to this place of surrender. You talked about your 30-day journaling and some of the things that the Holy Spirit revealed to you, you know, looking at yourself and and trusting God. Um, what began to happen and what happens as a result of that surrender when we come to that place of trusting in God? What what happens?
1: When we finally relinquish that, that um, control, you're accepting God's will, And I think that sometimes being in God's will can can be painful. You know, the trials that that we experience when when he calls us into the wilderness. Oh, yeah. Because that's how I see it, like almost like a desert or the wilderness, just like the Israelites um, were in. It's a place for us to grow. I feel like that that's that's where he's. Teaching us to trust Him, um, that's where our faith begins to grow. Oh yes, and I think it's a a place to really just like cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, because if you know, if you're walking in His will, uh, you're accepting His will for your life. You still need to reflect who Jesus is, to the world.
0: Yes. And for for those women who are stay-at-home moms, even the working women, our world primarily becomes our household. Yes. Because we're not as integrated as we used to be. And so, you know, what I think is a real thing at times. We don't see our family, our 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 home, those in our, our household, we don't see them as our neighbors. So for a lot of women, I know even in ministry, when you think of serving, you think of serving those outside your household. You think of ministering to people on the street or your coworkers or your girlfriends. You don't necessarily think of the people who are walking around under your roof. Yeah. And so I have realized um, through the lives of others and even in my own life and in my own work in ministry our first ministry obviously is within our home. God wants to do a work in us and through us through those who are in close proximity to us mm-hmm. you know I'm I have been on um, actual missions before. You know, I've been out of the country on missions, and you know, when you think of even just the word missions, you think of somehow going out and serving. Yes, but you don't think of even your own household being a field of missions, and so I think that can be, um, I, I think that can be a bit of a tragedy in some cases where we look towards serving, 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 but we're missing the many little opportunities that God. Gives us right within the four walls of our houses to serve those other human beings who are there. You know, I even think of little children. You know, they they let it all hang out with their with their family. They feel the most comfortable. comfortable, so you know they show up the most. And even as adults, sometimes we can treat our loved ones the worst, yeah, because we're so familiar with them. And uh, what I have been realizing, especially on the topic of pain, exactly what you said. God teaches us so much in our pain. He teaches us so much in the valley. Those are such teachable moments, but our natural human responses, we want to we want the pain to cease. We we don't want those periods and those spots of discomfort. We want it to come to an end. But my prayer and my hope is that as women, women of God, we will see the value in pain, not that we're going to seek out pain, but that when pain naturally comes to us in this life, we'll say, wait a minute, there is, there are lessons to be learned here. I think um, one of the biggest uh, eye openers for me that I had um, since truly turning my life toward the Lord in, in 2018, um, I was going through a, a a patch of pain. Like it was just, it was so intense. And prior to me really turning and fully surrendering to the Lord, for me, pain would always, almost always slip me into a deep place of depression, a deep state of self-pity, and just the enemy would just have his way with my emotions. But once I was delivered and I really started spending time with the Lord and he just shaved a lot of former conditionings and just toxic mindsets and heart sets off of me. He started showing me what he can do in pain. So I stopped just looking at what other people were doing to me, the offenses that I suffered, the slights that happened to me. And God was showing me my own heart my own wrongful responses, my own wrongful thoughts. I love God because not only does he want to solve our problems, quote unquote, but he wants to transform us so that we don't become puffed up. We don't become prideful. We don't become haughty. He has a way of not only dealing with our external issues, quote unquote, dealing with our enemies, dealing with those who are, you know, hurting us in some way, but he wants to soften our hearts in the process. Because pain, I I have this quote that I wrote a couple years ago, pain left unchecked will inevitably birth unrighteousness. Mm. And that's a hard thing to process, especially if you have been, if people have betrayed you, if they violated you repeatedly, yes, those people need to be judged and dealt with and God will take care of that. But if God only takes care of them, and he doesn't take care of and deal with you and what that pain could become if it's left unchecked. You'll be in the wrong as well. Yes. You know, you, you'll you be kind of, you know, left untamed and just to your own. God wants to deal with us, too. And there's a dealing that has to happen with us, even in our pain. I think one of those dealings is learning forgiveness, learning grace, learning trust, learning surrender um, and, and thinking about surrender. When I think about surrender, a lot of times our surrender can be conditional. Well, God, I'll surrender to you if you give me the desires of my heart, if you answer my prayers, if you make this situation just comfortable and ideal. But that's not true surrender. No. I believe that true surrender is being willing to lay down our will regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the outcome. To me, that shows such an allegiance and a love and a surrenderedness to the Lord. Um, I'll say this and then I'll get on to the next question. I think of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. I think of him as being a king in all his power, all his glory, all his authority. And he came down to earth, even to the point of death. I'm thinking this is a king who was dead in a grave. He accepted death, beating and suffering and all these things, something he didn't have to do. But again, he surrendered despite all that had to come with that surrender. Why? For the will of the Father, not His own. Yes. And he said that never, and he he pled with the Father. He said, "If you would just take this cup from me," but He said, "Nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done." And so, for me, I believe that surrender um, is not a conditional thing, and surrender comes with even being willing to say, "Lord, if if this is going to require great pain and suffering." Not my will, but your will be done. So I think about wives for those wives who may be in very hard places. They um may be in an unideal situation. Again, we're, we're not def- certainly not talking about something where their lives are in danger or anything like that. No. But I'm just talking about, you know, the tiffs and the bumps that we naturally experience in the road. Um, what I'm what I'm thinking of is. Teaching them or encouraging them on how to set their sights on the Lord's will being done, as opposed to their own. So, I would say, uh, what are some of the the lies that you believe the enemy uses to attack our marriages?
1: So, I think um, he uses the feminist movement to to deceive women and wreak havoc. Feminism has done a lot of good. You know, it's, it's helped with women's rights. It's um, shine a light on women who are victims of domestic violence. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, um, modern feminism pushes the, the idea that biblical marriage and submission to your husband is oppressive. To to the woman, mm. and us as as women of or daughters of the Lord, we we know that that's not true. We know that um, yeah. we were both man and woman, husband and wife. We were created equal in terms of our worth yeah. before the Lord, uh, but with different functions, and the husband, he was created um, to be the leader of the home. He was created to be the head of the wife. Um, and part of of being a leader, his responsibility is to protect and provide. But he's not just, a, you know, a, he's not a tyrant. He's not that type of leader. He's a servant leader. Yeah. Because Jesus was a servant leader when he was here on earth yeah. and he he modeled that for for husbands and husbands are also called or commanded i should say to love love their wife just like the same way they love their body that's right says it in ephesians 5 verse 25 it says that yeah so if your husband is Knows the Lord and he's he's choosing to walk with the Lord. It's it's not it's not that type of relationship. It's not that type of structure. Um. So that's just one of the uh, lies that I comes to mind.
0: You know, I I I I certainly see that as well. Um, I agree with you. There are some. Some positives that I think has come from efforts toward women empowerment, but of course, um, the enemy will take anything and twist it and and direct it in a, a wrongful, kind of a, a wrongful way. Um, And so I I certainly see, you know, and I've I've actually seen a ton of conversations, even like on social media, really heated debates on the topic of like submission and things like that Um, and women, you know, saying what they will and will not submit to. Um, And so I would say, I would ask you this, how do you encourage women regarding submitting to their husbands when their husbands may not be following the Lord? Or living up to God's word, you know, I've seen a lot of struggles and commentary from women saying, "Well, you know, if he's not leading me this way or that way, or if he's really living a life that's really wrong, um, how does how does the woman of God submit in that way? What are your thoughts on that?"
1: One of the ways that we submit is um, by by showing respect. our husbands so even if they're not living up to to their role as the leader Mm -hmm. um we should still show them respect because i i think a man wants to be heard that's a way to respect them and even through our behavior actually in um first peter chapter three the, it tells us how how we respect our husbands. And it's through our behavior. It's through our quiet spirit. So it doesn't give us a right because our husband is acting however they they want to. It doesn't give us a, a right to turn around and speak to them in whatever manner we want. It doesn't give us a right to feel like, well, I'm the head of the home. You know, I have to be he- the head of the home because you know, you're not doing a good job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One thing um that a a mentor told me a few years ago and it just the way it hit me so deeply. Uh she said to me, she said you're not it So I I can't remember the full context, but I I was upset about something and I was saying all the all the reasons why I couldn't and shouldn't do what I'm supposed to do because he's not doing what he's supposed to do. And she said, You're not doing it unto your husband. You're doing it unto the Lord. Mm. And I had to really sit with that. And I said, My goodness, if I still did what I know is right and I did what I should be doing, take my husband out of it. I'm not doing it necessarily in yieldedness to him because, okay, maybe again, as we were just talking to this particular group of women, maybe your husband is not living for Christ. Maybe he's doing some very, just less than honorable things. You still have a requirement. You still have an expectation that the Lord has given you. You're not doing it unto your husband. If you find that your husband is is dishonorable, He's living a dishonorable lifestyle. The things that you are doing, you are doing it unto the Lord. When she told me that, I, I don't know, it just, it hit me so differently. It reminded me of who my true husband is. It reminded me of who my true savior is and that my husband has no effect or impact on my relationship with the Lord. At the end of this life, when we stand before God, I'm going to be judged for what I did. It's not going to matter what anyone else did. Um, And I've applied that and I'm still working on applying that, not just toward my husband, but just in my human relationships. It can be so easy to feel that, well, if if they did this, then I need to I need to do this back to them. And that's not the way of the cross. It's not the way of the kingdom. But I can understand that viewpoint because I used to live that way. And again, yeah. it goes back to surrender. I wanted to be in control. Well, you ain't you're not gonna disrespect me and you're not gonna talk to me this way. And I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna fight for my rights. I think it's, you know. We have to assert ourselves in certain situations, even outside of marriage. But when we focus on our relationship with the Lord, what is pleasing to him, following his commands, and we look at it as, okay, I am responding this way out of obedience to the Lord. I think it takes away the feeling of you having lost are you not being in control? Because you're not saying, okay, I'm submitting. In terms of marriage, I'm not submitting to dishonorableness. I'm submitting to the Lord. And through submitting to the Lord, by obeying what he has said, I am also submitting to my husband. Another thing that I have um, realized, Jesse, is that as we obey God, we continue to set our sights on him and him alone. We naturally take on the image of Christ. You mentioned that we take on the image of Christ. And sometimes you'll be surprised, wives, you'll be surprised that your husband is seeing this. You'll be surprised at the changes that it can make in his life, and his heart. Yesterday, my mom was sharing um a story with me. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I guess he was like a major evangelist. I don't know if he's still living. But um, as he was getting up to speak in a sermon one day, he was acknowledging different ones. And then he turned and he acknowledged his wife. And he said, this woman right here, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, this woman right here. I just have to honor her. She has been with me and stuck by me through so much of my mess. He said, I remember she was saved before I was. And she looked at me and she said to me, listen, I will I will serve you. I will cook for you. I will love you, but don't ever get in the way or try to stop me from serving the Lord. And so he said, at first he agreed to it, But then there was something that was going on and she wanted to go to this revival and he just was in a really nasty funk and he didn't want her to go because he saw just how much she was changing. And he kind of got jealous of that. So he told her, you better not leave this house and go. And she said, I already told you, I need to go to this. So what he did in his anger and his rebellion, he changed the locks on the door while she was gone. He was so mad, like that she, you know, didn't listen to him. She didn't obey him, if you will. And so she came home. She had such a time at this revival, such a time in the spirit. She put her key in the door. It didn't work. She knocked the door for him to let her in. He ignored her. Ended up falling asleep. He left her out there to try to punish her, if you will. And she said she had had such a time in the Lord. She said the Holy Spirit told her not to leave, to sit right there all night and wait for him. So she ended up falling asleep outside in front of the door. The next morning, he wakes up. He forgets, you know, kind of what happened, and he he leaves out the house. He opens the door because I guess he's headed to work or wherever. And as he opens the door, she must have fallen asleep leaning on the door. So she kind of fell in, and then she woke up. She stood up on her feet. And you know what she said to him? She said, good morning, honey. She said, what can I make you for breakfast? Wow. She kissed him and said, what can I make you for breakfast? Now, Jesse, <laughs> if that was me, that <laughs> would not have gone that I way. I don't think but so. Not <laughs> me either. <laughs> don't you change these locks. Are you crazy? I'm out of here, right? But the Lord had dealt with her and he said, just be quiet. I will tend to your husband. Yes. With that gentle and quiet spirit, let me lead you. And you know, that incident right there changed her husband's heart more than any level of complaining and griping. That response, that that surrendered response. Yeah. Her trusting God that, Lord, by me not trying to take care of this situation my way, I'm going to trust you to tend to my husband and convict him the way that he should have been convicted because what he did was wrong. It was beyond wrong. The Lord dealt with him and just that incident or that instance of her showing Christ-like love for his undeserving behavior, that transformed him more than anything that she could have done in her own power. Yes, And for me, this brings us back to the topic of this surrender. Um, Every situation may not necessarily play out that way. Your husband has a choice to make. He has a choice to make on whether or not he's going to surrender as well. But ladies, if I, could, if I could take any pressure off of you, that is not your concern. Your husband has to give an answer to the Lord. You have to give an answer to the Lord. That is for him and the Lord to deal with. And the Lord will deal with each of us. No one is getting away with anything. You're not losing anything. But as you continue to surrender to the Lord, you're giving him a chance to mold you into his image, to soften your heart, to strengthen you, to protect you, and to gird you. So um, I thought that that testimony was just powerful because this man went on to give his life to the Lord. He went on to serve and love his wife the way that Christ loved the church. And she, in an instance, that ministered to him, that won him over, not just to her heart as her husband, but it won him over to the Lord. It saved his soul. Yeah. The way that she chose to respond and she didn't do it unto him. She did it unto the Lord. So I thought that was so powerful.
1: Well, Thank you for that. Because now I'm always going to just carry that with me.
0: Absolutely. And I got, I got to find out, I have to ask my mom, the name of this old time pastor again, but I said, Lord bless, bless his wife. And just that level of That level of laid downness, if you will, that's so hard. It's hard when you feel that you're being slighted and when you are being slighted, it's hard. But again, I think of the savior, him coming to earth, I can imagine must've been hard. Him having to die, was absolutely hard. And I just think of my natural response, you know, to people who are rejecting me, I would say, I'm not coming, I'm not lowering myself to, you know, die for them, but that's what he's asking us to do. Yeah. The Holy Spirit led me in, in prayer recently, and I couldn't believe it. I knew the intercession was coming from him. And as I was crying out before the Lord and I was praying and I was weeping before him, the prayer came out of me, teach me, Lord, how to die teach me how to die. And I started weeping because it wasn't coming from me. And I just felt the deepness of that. Lord, teach us how to die. Teach us how to die to our will and our way, because it's that that pride that can get in the way and it hinders. It can hinder the work that the Lord naturally wants to do. It can keep our hearts hardened where we're halfway surrendered, but not really, or we're conditionally surrendered. And it just, it hinders the trust that can be built between us and the Lord. So, um, I would ask you, Jesse, what is one piece of advice that you would give to the woman who is feeling weak and hopeless in her marriage?
1: Don't lose faith, don't lose hope, and most of all, don't lose the love for your husband. Mm. You know, all the years that my husband was struggling with his drug addiction it hurt me i mm. was i was really hurt um by his actions not so much that he was doing drugs to- more like the lies that came with it, the manipulation that that came with it, it was just like the aftermath of his of his drug use really really hurt me um, and i I felt for a while I was in a deep depression and the second time that he went to rehab i was I was ready to to divorce him. Like I was ready, like I'm done whether you get clean or not, whether you get your life together or not. Like I I can't I just can't continue to be with you because you've hurt, you've done too much damage. And when he came back home, I think the reason that I you know, I gave him another chance was because I still had hope. I still had hope that, you know, he would be the man that I met the man that I had fallen in love with and and I had hope and faith that the Lord was just gonna take care of it all. So just continue, continue to 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 seek the Lord and just don't lose don't lose your hope and your faith.
0: Yes. Now you said something that stuck out so much to me. Prior to today's interview, going back to that 30-day prayer challenge. Yes. You were saying that you journaled prayers for your husband in your marriage. And during the first few weeks, you were journaling what you wanted for your husband. But the Lord began to first show you what was praiseworthy. Yes. Talk to me about that, Jesse. So I think
1: it's so easy. For us to to nitpick what what's wrong you have to see what they haven't done mm-hmm. or what they could do better, mm-hmm. but when you start focusing on the good, then you start to see the good, yeah, but when you focus on the bad, that's all you see is is the bad, yeah, and it
0: magnifies
1: yes, yeah. So just having um like a thankful spirit yeah. is is what the Lord really showed me that I, I had to to not just with the Lord being thankful oh. with the Lord but specifically with my husband because one of the things that my husband would say to me when we would, you know, get into a disagreement or I would start to nag about something is he would say, I can never do anything right. No matter what I do, it's never good enough for you. You know, and I felt like in the moment I did it, but looking back now, it's like, wow, it's like I was really beating him down. Not physically, but with my, you know, with my words, I was really beating him down because I had nothing good or nothing nice to to say to him. Yeah. You know, so just and showing him and telling him that, you know, thank you. I noticed that you did this, and just expressing that you love them because I feel like that's something that I've struggled with is just really telling him that I love him and being and, and being kind to him. Um, just because I was hurt, so I was I was hardened. It's just my heart was hardened. And so so and, I, and it makes him feel good. You know, he him hearing these words of of affirmation um i think also helps to just like lift
0: lift his spirit. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, i think in terms of men and this will be, have to be a topic for another day, but men and women human's period but we're talking today to husbands and wives well to wives regarding their marriages with their husbands men struggle with and suffer through a lot more than they lead us to believe and a lot of times when you see certain behaviors manifesting in your husband certain un certain dishonorable behaviors that's that's the symptom of something else that's going on yeah another thing that can happen is we serve the lord ladies and as we um as we grow in our walks with the Lord, he begins to not only uh, soften and transform our hearts in terms of making us more willing to forgive and more long-suffering, but he gives us his eyes. He gives us his eyes to see other people the way that he sees them. And so one way that I have saw that happen in my life from time to time is that When someone, whether it's my husband or someone will do something that in the natural, it's angering, it's frustrating, it's hurtful. I don't just see that thing that then makes me feel angry in response. I see the person's brokenness. I see their struggle. And so I pray that the Lord, ladies, gives you his eyes for your circumstance. And it's not to justify wrong and say that wrong is right. It's not to justify your husband's behavior, his wrongful ways. That is sin. Sin is sin. But the Lord will begin to show you through the lens of compassion. And that doesn't necessarily mean feeling bad for somebody, but he'll give you godly, supernatural compassion to be able to see the brokenness of yourself, the brokenness of your spouse. And that will be the place that you respond to them from. It just, I can't even really put it into words. Like, have you experienced that, Jesse? Do you know? Do you get what I'm saying? No, I completely understand. And it actually,
1: it was with my mom, not my husband. With my mom, you know, growing up, she did a lot of things. She made a lot of mistakes that I felt that, you know, she could have been done better. And so growing up, I always had like this resentment towards her. I couldn't let, let go of the mistakes that, that she made. And, you know, here I am, I'm an adult, I'm 32 years old, and I'm still mad at my mom. Well, not now, but like I, I was still like so upset with her. And a woman uh, from church, actually, she said to me, you have to remember that your mom had a past before you came along, those experiences, those traumas that that she may may have experienced growing up before she started, you know, to have children, that has molded like her and and her personality and the decisions that you know she may have made, whether they were right or wrong. So her telling me that, I'm like, oh, okay, so it's it's about like understanding being understanding yeah like you said it doesn't make it right it doesn't make their actions right but just understanding where why they're behaving the way or why they're saying what they're saying and so you can apply that to your marriage too because you haven't been with your husband your whole life so whatever their childhood you know their teen years or when they were young adults like all those experiences that have now you know are playing a role yeah and like and so and it's so hard I think too like when you're married because you're with that person every single day you can't just walk (laughs) away and you know what I don't feel like dealing with you I'll see you yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, you have to face it. Yeah, you you to face it. it. So I, I think that's why, like with, with marriage, it's just so much more like magnified because yeah. you have no choice but to deal with
0: it. Listen, Jesse, marriage is a mirror. It is a mirror. And let me tell you, I feel like this space of marriage, if there is any area that is going to refine you. It's gonna be in your marriage. It is. Because you have to stay, you have to, you have to sort things out, you have to address things, you have to be willing to be in a when you're in a relationship with someone, you're 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 looking at a mirror. So those things that you would let slip under the radar, oh no, they're gonna, especially us as wives, we're gonna bring something to your attention. Yeah. You know, when our husbands bring things to our attention, it's a constant redemptive work. It's learning how to love the unlovable. It's learning how to love people in their worst state. But hello, look what our Father does for us. He loves us in our sin. He loves us in our rebellion. He loves us in our hardness. And then we get into this covenant, the very first covenant that He established. And now we have to learn. We have to go through this training. And it can grind you down to a pulp to love the unlovable. Listen, the very people that crucified Christ. He loved them. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He looked at them through a lens of compassion. yes, And he asked for forgiveness on their behalf. I know that um, (laughs) the Lord has been working with me in that regard, looking at my husband through the lens of compassion and getting me to such a place of devotedness to God's plan that I can pray for my husband, even if he's done something hurtful to me. That's not easy. The Lord Jesus told us, you know, he said, pray for your enemies, pray for those who have hurt you. Those are the hard things to do, but those are the things that stretch you into such depths of maturity. And when we look at the overall goal, God is not looking for us to have, okay, I I want you, my, my humans, my creation, my goal for you is just happiness in life. It's comfort in life. God is so much deeper than that. He wants to grow us. I can't even put it into words. He wants to prepare us for eternity. He wants to groom us into warrior brides. And in order to go through that type of training, you have to be willing to go through the grueling valleys. The valley can be grueling. I don't want to minimize this in any way. Yes. But as, I think as we continue to take our sights off of our husbands and even just off of our circumstances, not to the place where we kind of act like they don't exist and we go into like this weird, false, super saintly way of being. No, we acknowledge those things. But we, yeah. as, as the fire increases around us, our gaze focuses even harder on the Lord your will, Lord, you're going to carry me through. You're holding me. And in all of that, you want to shape me. You're building me into a warrior bride. You're putting me through the tests and the fires to refine me in such a perfect, pure way will come out as pure gold. So uh, Jesse, thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you shared. Any other thoughts as we get ready to conclude? Just continue,
1: continue walking with the Lord, and like you just said, like just keep your gaze on god it's It's hard, but it's it's it is no it's not a mistake like God knew what he was doing when he made marriage, the covenant of marriage, a reflection of jesus' relationship with the church, and so there's a purpose there's, there there's a reason for for the trials that that we're going through um, the hardships that that you go through in, in your marriage but it's it's all to to purify you to sanctify you to develop the, the fruits of the spirits and and it's all for his glory ultimately
0: amen Amen. Thank you so much, Jesse. Well, thank you. Before before I let you go, um, I just want to do something that's fun, kind of a change of pace here with some lightning round questions. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and I just want to hear your responses to them. So okay. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, let's see. What is something that you could eat for a week straight? Rice, rice and beans. Rice- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. 100 days in Antarctica or 100 days on the moon?
1: Oh. <laughs> Antarctica? The moon's unknown. The moon's unknown. <laughs> right.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say, um, what was your last impulse buy? What was the last thing you bought on an impulse just because? Um...
1: Oh, I feel like I don't. Oh, oh, I know. So I bought my kids um, like ski gloves, but it was the end of the season. Like it was uh, March. Right. <laughs> so they're not going to be able to use it. Not for, yeah, not for another year almost. Hopefully they don't
0: lose it. <laughs> I've I put them away with all our winter okay. gear, so. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, uh two more questions. Load the dishwasher or unload the dishwasher? Load. 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 Okay, all right. And last one city or countryside? Country. Country. Yes. Okay. All right. I lied. One more question. One more question, Jesse. Describe yourself using five words.
1: Um caring passionate, organized. Oh, this is hard. I really <laughs> have to think about myself. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say fun, but my kids call me the fun police. Uh, but I think I'm fun, so I'm going to say fun. <laughs> right. Okay. One more. One more. Um, loving, I guess.
0: Right. All right. Perfect. Thank you for humoring <laughs> me with that lightning round. Jesse, this has been such a pleasure talking with you. It has been such a blessing connecting mm-hmm. with you. Ladies, um, we have, as I mentioned in this month's podcast episode, we have this For the Mom series. And Jesse is one of our featured mothers over on the Marked Life blog. Jesse, thank you so much. Did you want to share any of your social media handles? Where can listeners? follow you or connect with you? So
1: I'm on Instagram. My username is
0: lionesslove15. Okay. And we'll have that in the show notes as well. So you guys go ahead and connect with Jesse. Support her. Jesse. thank you so much for your time today. This has been a joy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Jesse. Thank you. That's it for today, but the journey continues. Visit shesmark.com for more episodes, to make a donation, or to check out the Mark Life blog. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, tell a friend, and consider leaving a review. Remember, the word tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. As you go through this week, remember to walk as children of light.